Blue Wire. Touchdown pass, 5-4-0 in the 5-0-4. Jackson takes it himself, look at him dart back and forth. Oh, he broke his ankle. Watson stays on his feet, throws on the run, touchdown. Watson, a magician. Mahomes winds it up wide open. Welcome to another episode of the My Sports Update Football Podcast. I am your host, Ari Marov. Hope you all are doing well. Another great episode lined up for this week. But first, there's a lot going on in the NFL right now. And there are three things and possibly more that are going to have to be watched very closely as these days go by. First of all, this is right around the corner. The tag deadline is on Wednesday. 15 players were tagged this offseason. The last chance to reach a long-term deal is Wednesday at 4 Eastern. If no long-term deal is reached, no more negotiating this year. Number two, the Washington Redskins are no longer the Washington Redskins. They are retiring the Redskins nickname. They will no longer be called that. They will announce a new name very soon. What will that be? We will watch that very closely. And then number three, and probably the biggest thing out of them all right now, is this. The NFL and the NFLPA are talking about some of the roadblocks that need to be figured out and sorted out in order for football to happen this year. For example, how will testing work for COVID-19? When are players reporting to camp? How many preseason games will there be? How big are the rosters going to be? Will there be more practice squad players? Can players opt out for the season? How will the financials work? That is the biggest problem. So there are so many questions. I hope it does not get ugly. But this could get ugly if agreements do not come together. The NFL regular season is scheduled to kick off in under two months. Time is flying. COVID is still a problem. Players around the league like Donovan Smith and Malcolm Jenkins have expressed concerns about playing right now. There are so many questions right now and I'd even talk about these players who want to get extensions or these players who want to get out from their current team like Jamal Adams and Anik Ngakwe. So many things are going on. Buckle up because a lot is going to happen in the coming days and weeks. Alright, on to this week's episode. Teron Davenport was my guest this week. He covers the Tennessee Titans for ESPN and Tennessee came so close to making the Super Bowl last year and they just had a busy last few months. Will Derrick Henry get a long-term deal? Will the Titans sign Jadavian Clowney? Ryan Tannehill got a massive extension. We talked about all of that and much, much more. But before we go to Tehran, a quick word from our exclusive sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Sports is coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there is no better place to start than our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight, or check out odds on NASCAR, the Premier League, and much more. Bet Online also has future odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or go check out their daily simulations for Madden and NBA 2K. Visit betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, to receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. 
All right, so now let's go to my discussion with ESPN's Teron Davenport. Some great information and insight from him on this week's episode. This Titans team is going to be very interesting in 2020, and we touched base on a lot of different things. So here it is, my full discussion with Teron Davenport. Joining me now here on the My Sports Update Football Podcast, he covers the Tennessee Titans for ESPN, and he is the host of the Talking with TD Podcast. It is Teron Davenport. Teron, thanks for coming on. How are you? No problem. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing well. I appreciate you coming on here today. And, you know, I reached out to you because I really find this Titans team to be fascinating. You know, one game away from the Super Bowl last year, and then just so much happened this offseason. So let's start with some news that we are expecting to hear this week. Derrick Henry. Obviously, he steamrolled over everyone last year. The Titans used the franchise tag on him. He signed that tag for $10.28 million. What do you think happens here in the coming days as we near Wednesday's deadline? That really is probably the most interesting story regarding the Titans. This is a team that has made it their goal to sign Derrick Henry long term I mean that's everything that they've said in the media and just every time they have an opportunity to talk about Henry they said they want him around and Henry signed at the franchise tag in good faith but it just seems like it's yet another thing that's impacted by this COVID-19 pandemic and I think with shaky revenue forecast for this upcoming year And just the uncertainty of everything, I think that really sabotaged their contract negotiations. So long story short, I'm not as sure they get a deal done as I was uh, maybe a month ago. And the problem is just figuring out, you know, what figure is going to be good for both parties. And uh, that's really the biggest hurdle. Yeah, the revenue aspect of things is really a reason why a bunch of extensions are on hold around the NFL right now. And Henry is a guy who, he led the league in rushing last year with over 1,500 rushing yards. John Robinson has said that he wants to get a deal done. We, of course, saw Christian McCaffrey sign a big extension earlier this offseason. We will see if his agent, Jimmy Sexton, and John Robinson can hammer something out before Wednesday for Eastern, a player who did get an extension this offseason, and it was a big one, Ryan Tannehill. You know, he had that magical run last year, perfect timing for him as he was set to be a free agent, and then boom, he gets a four-year, $118 million deal right before free agency. Here is my question for you. Do you think the whole time Ryan Tannehill was their guy all along, Or was there ever a point where John Robinson and Mike Vrabel looked around and they looked at the idea of signing Tom Brady because there were so many rumblings and rumors leading up to free agency about that? Yeah, I think without a doubt they entertained the idea of having Brady. Obviously, just with Vrabel having played alongside Brady and even when the Titans hosted the Patriots for joint practices, the way things were intensified that week, And a lot of the players and coaches marveled at how intense uh, Brady was during practice and and how he just raised level competition. So, yeah, that's something they entertained. But I really believe Tannehill was their guy all along. It really, week 10 uh, against the Chiefs, I think that was the, the time where he really became their guy for the present and the future. And it was when he led them on a come from behind uh, drive 
and just the way he got in there and had command and confidence and it just exuded to everyone else in in, in the huddle you know it 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 worked for them and they came back and then you just look at the stretch. I think Tannehill was surely their guy all along and he's someone that it just seems to be the right fit for what they want to do on offense. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because he was just so good last year and the thing that I'm seeing from people who are looking at the AFC South right now is that They don't know if Tannehill can sustain the success he had last year. Like I said, he was so good and so confident last year. Do you think he keeps that high level of play going into 2020? I actually do think he keeps that up. Now, here's the thing, right? 70% completion, 9.6 yards per completion. These are things that have only been done two other times, right? Sammy Ball and Joe Montana. Those are the only two other two guys to have done that. So, Will he play at that same level? No, but can he still be that guy to come in and take those deep shots when caught upon on play action? Yes, without a doubt. He was 79% completion percentage on, on play action, and I think it was around 16.8 yards per completion. So that's still going to be there, and that's why Derrick Henry is so important. And it's just something that I find interesting is a lot of the times you have these quarterbacks who are very dependent upon a running game and the quarterback gets paid, but the running back doesn't, you know, and it's just unfortunate because of the way people view these positions. But I I definitely think Tannehill will have that same success. And he did a really good job just having a command of the offense, spreading the ball around. Everyone was involved. Now he can get Corey Davis involved a little bit more, but for the most part, the other guys you saw their game elevate, John Smith, right? Tajay Sharp. Uh, A.J. Brown, all of these guys, their their game elevated. And then having Adam Humphreys back, I think, is going to help as well because that gives them a, a very solid option on those third and sixes, third and seven situations. Yeah, totally. You know, you look at the offense, it's still pretty much the same from last year. Arthur Smith at offensive coordinator, Derrick Henry, of course, A.J. Brown as an emerging star. Corey Davis is in a contract year, so is Jonu Smith. And Jonu is someone who I believe is going to break out. The offensive line is just a big, mean group. But I was looking at this roster up and down the other day, and the one thing that sticks out is the backup quarterback situation for this team. If there is any team in the NFL that knows how important it is to have a viable backup option, it is the Tennessee Titans. Right now, it's Logan Woodside and Cole McDonald. Both guys have never played a snap in the NFL. We know Tannehill has had an injury history, and the Titans have had their fair share of backup quarterback issues in the past. Do you think they add a veteran onto this roster at some point? I really don't think they do that. There's always a chance, right? But I think they are pretty much sufficient with what they have in in Logan Woodside. And I know from talking to the QB coach, talking to the OC, to the head coach, to the GM, they all really like Logan Woodside. And he's someone that had a pretty pretty solid preseason in the training camp last year. And he's a guy that I feel they believe can come in and, and keep things going, so to speak. If, if Tannehill should go down. Now, if, if it's a four-game stretch, you know what? The the Titans are, are stuck regardless, whether it's, you know, Woodside or, or whoever. They're, they're just stuck, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I know they understand that. I think their confidence level in Woodside to, to come in and operate the offense and execute it 
is is high. And for that reason, I don't see them bringing in a, a veteran backer. That's interesting because, as I said before, if there's any team that knows how important it is to have a solid backup quarterback, it is Tennessee. I want to ask you one more question here on offense about one more player. Corey Davis, he has his option declined, his fifth-year option, the former fifth overall pick. I thought always that he's a player who he needs consistent quarterback play in order to thrive, and he never had that in Tennessee but then last year, Ryan Tannehill was just so good, and he still wasn't playing like a top-five pick. What are coaches saying about Corey Davis? What are their thoughts on him? Well, to be honest, the coaches, they really like Corey Davis, and they know there's a lot of potential. Their thing is they want to see more consistency, and I think the consistency from Corey Davis, it goes beyond just quarterback play. I think he himself has to become a more consistent player and make the most out of opportunities. You look at A.J. Brown, he had 82 targets, right? Mm -hmm. And he got 1,000 yards on those 82 targets. There were so many times where A.J. Brown caught a short pass and he took it the distance. That's why he had one of the best average yak situations to in the past decade, 8.8 yards. He led the league last year. So yeah. Corey Davis, he needs to be able to get more out of his, his opportunities. And the thing is, Ryan Tannehill has admitted a few times that he missed Corey Davis uh, as far as, you know, Davis being open and he didn't get him the ball. So I think just in talking to Tannehill on, on some of these virtual meetings, he said he wanted to make an effort to, to get – Corey Davis is more involved and he raved about his talent. So that's a really good thing. And I, I just think when you look at Corey Davis, you know, I, I feel talent wise, he's the most talented receiver in the division, but getting that production from the talent is a different story. Right. And, and that's really the issue with him. But a lot of the coaches also, and even the running back, the offensive lineman, they rave about his downfield blocking. You look at Derrick Henry's long runs, you look at a lot of A.J. Brown's long receptions. There is Corey Davis down the field blocking the, to spring that, that play. Yeah, totally. And again, Davis had his fifth-year option declined. I've said this before. Sometimes getting your option declined, it could end up being a blessing in disguise because if he could string together a good season now in 2020, he could end up turning that into a big contract next offseason, whether it's with Tennessee or in free agency. Let's flip over now to the defense. And there has been a lot of Jadavian Clowney to Tennessee chatter this offseason. Mike Vrabel knows him well from his days in Houston. Do you think Clowney is wearing a Titans uniform in 2020? That's a tough call. I, I think it's, in my opinion, I think the Titans have the best chance of signing him. And I know that they have interests. They just haven't been able to get him in the building and get that physical. If they could get him in the building and, and get him checked out by their doctors, I think he becomes a Titan. But, again, this COVID-19 pandemic has really put a monkey wrench in everything. So I, I think, long story short, yeah, I, I think there's a good chance he becomes a Titan. But I don't really feel like they're pressed to make that move happen. Yeah, I mean, like, we've heard a lot of different reports from Cleveland to back to Seattle – there's been Oakland, Las Vegas, actually. And then, of course, Tennessee has been getting a lot of the reports and rumors as of late. I know John Robinson said recently that 
he wants to get him in the building. And I know also, correct me if I'm wrong, but Jonathan Joseph, they signed him. And from my understanding, he's close buddies with Clowney. Am I right? Yeah, Jonathan Joseph is Clowney's best friend in the league. They are both from, from Rock Hill, South Carolina. They both went to South Carolina, and they obviously played together with the uh, Texans. And it actually goes beyond that. Clowney's position coach, Shane Bowen, back with the Texans, is the outside linebacker coach with the Titans. So mm-hmm. it goes beyond that. You even have the DB coach, Anthony Midget, who obviously doesn't interact with the outside linebackers slash defensive ends much, but there's still that familiarity as well. Interesting. So there are a bunch of connections there in Tennessee for Clowney if he was to end up there. And, you know, if you look at the front seven right now, it would look really good if you add Clowney into the mix. You know, you have Harold Landry, Jeffrey Simmons, Daquan Jones, Kamale Correa. Um, they signed Vic Beasley, Rashawn Evans, Javon Brown. That's a solid group. Put in Damian Clowney as well, and it becomes really good. Probably one of the best in the AFC. Um, I want to ask you one more thing here on the defense, or actually a couple more things I want to touch base on, but Titans defensive coordinator Dean Pease. You know, he retires this offseason, but then... No one was hired to replace him. I want to ask you, how big of a loss, first of all, is it that he's not there anymore? Because players talked so highly of him. And then who's running this defense now? Is it Mike Vrabel? Yeah, you know, losing Dean Pease was huge for the Titans because this guy, from the players that I've spoken to, had the veterans that I've spoken to, they said they've never been better prepared for games than when they had Dean Pease. Mm-hmm. And I know firsthand, because a part of my show, Talking with TD, we do play breakdowns with players. And I've had multiple players. Uh, for instance, Kevin Byard told me about a key, a tip that he saw that allowed him to not bite on play action and intercept Dak Prescott passes, his pass to Amari Cooper in the end zone right. off of play action. It was one of the key plays in the game. This was two years ago. So. Monday night. Dean Pease is huge not not being there. Um, Just the preparation and even just having all of that experience. He's coached for 47 years. So he's pretty much seen it all and and watched it all and game planned for it all. And it showed in the the game against the Ravens. So not having him is going to be tough for them. But from what I've been told, Vrabel is going to oversee the defense when he's not, because he is absolutely going to continue to be involved in all aspects of the team. That's something that he takes pride in. And if you watch my practice, you see him literally work his way to all positions. And the thing that's really strange, or, or unique rather, is all of the positions, if you talk to them, they'll tell them that he, he, they'll tell you that he gives them tips as far as like techniques and things like that, from wide receiver to tight end to O-lineman to OLB, everything. You know, so he's going to still be involved. And when he's not there in the defensive room, Shane Bowen is going to be the voice. However, they signed Jim Haslett as the outside linebacker, inside linebackers coach, excuse me, because Tyrone McKenzie has moved on to the Detroit Lions. Haslett is is a veteran coach himself. He's a former head coach and has defensive coordinator experience. So that's going to help. He's going to be another voice in there. And on game day, there are a few voices there on the defense or offensive side. So it's going to be the same as far as the number of voices, but that power of of Dean Pease and his voice is going to be lost, and that's going to hurt them. 
Yep, and Logan Ryan was not even with the team anymore. He said last year that Pease is a literal genius. A bunch of other players spoke very highly of Pease, and from what it sounds like, he is going to be missed on that defensive staff. I got to ask you this as well. I feel like getting traded for a 7th round pick is a slap in the face. Can you explain the Jarrell Casey trade, 5-time Pro Bowler, fan favorite? What exactly was the reasoning behind all of that? Yeah, well, they want to declare the $11.5 million off the books. And I, I think they full, fully had intentions of signing Clowney, right? But again, this this COVID-19 thing just, you know, it, it changed a lot of things. So here's the thing. If they didn't get rid of Casey, they wouldn't even be able to sit at the table with Clowney. So I know a lot of Titans fans are upset that the deal w was done, and I get it. They were probably going to release him if they couldn't trade him. So, you know, traded for a seven-round pick, released. Both are, you know, tough deals. Releases where they sent him to a team that I think he's going to flourish with. And it, it just was a matter of clearing up cap space. Were you surprised by the move? Because it really just came out of nowhere. Like, nobody was talking about it. There were no reports that it could happen. And it just happened all of a sudden. Were you surprised? Yeah, I was definitely surprised. I was actually going into the studio to do my show when that trade happened, so it changed the whole show. But yeah, it was it was a shock, just like with uh, pretty much everyone else, including a lot of players. Yeah, exactly. Just really out of nowhere, surprised many, surprised me. And the first game that Casey is scheduled to play for the Broncos is against the Tennessee Titans on Monday Night Football Week 1, a revenge game off the bat for him. I know you touched base on this before, but I want to talk about Mike Vrabel. There's there's something about him that I feel makes him different than all the other coaches in the NFL. Do you get that sense too? Like, what do players say about him? I feel like he's one of them. Yeah, he's, you know, he has done a good job of balancing that I'm one of you guys, but I'm also the authority. And he definitely, you watch him interact with the players, you know, just post-practice, during practice, the, the talking trash back and forth. Like, you see all of that. And I, I think he still has that player's mindset. But, again, he's done a really good job of just making it clear that he's the authority. And all of the coaches, they kind of echo what he does. You, all of them, they, they get involved heavily. I mean, you see coaches in drills. You see them actually, you know, rolling up their sleeves and, and sweating with these guys. And I think that's something that kind of echoes from, from Vrabel. And he, he definitely is one of the guys, but they, they know when it's time to, you know, pay attention or, or respect the authority, so to speak, it's, it's definitely done. Right. And then last thing here on the defense and, you know, Logan Ryan's no longer there. They draft Kristen Fulton in the second round. How do you see the secondary shaping up? Like, I feel like there's a, a bit of a hole there at the nickel spot. How do you see this going? You know, here's the thing that's really interesting. That nickel spot, I think, is going to become a strength for them. And here's why. Last year, it was just Logan Ryan. And if you watch the Chiefs game, there were a few times where Tyreek Hill was able to get behind Logan Ryan. And there are other games, you know, the Texans with, with Kenny Stills, where they struggled with speed. Now, I'm higher on Logan Ryan than many other people, but no one is a perfect player. So that being said, now the way they have it set up, 
You're going to have Christian Fulton. You're going to have a Dory Jackson on those guys, those speedy vertical slot guys. But then you have other options too, like when teams like to flex their tight end into the slot. You have Imani Hooker, who quietly is a very good uh, safety and a, a reserve guy, sub package option, and even Dan Crookshank as well. So I think you're going to see more versatility out of that nickel spot. It just it, it's not going to be one guy. So so that's a good thing. And don't even be surprised if if you see Jonathan Joseph there as well. So there are multiple options there, but Losing Logan Ryan is definitely a big loss because he's a guy that essentially was a, a captain and coach on the field. He helped guys get lined up. You know, he, he was calling things that, that were going to happen. So that's something they're going to have to make up for. Yeah, but that's the thing about Logan Ryan. You know, his play wasn't perfect last year, but every team needs their leader on defense. And this is someone who was uh, a vocal part of that defense and he's no longer there let's wrap this up with a quick five we do this with every guest that comes on it is five questions try to keep it short if you want to expand on anything feel free to do so number one assuming we have a training camp and that is a big question right now what will be the biggest storyline entering camp for this team I think the biggest storyline is going to be Corey Davis honestly and him asserting himself back into that quote-unquote number one receiver spot. Yep, Corey Davis in a contract year, as we said before. Number two, a lot of people like the Titans in the AFC South, but the other teams in the division are also intriguing to me. Who do you think will be the biggest threat to the Titans in the AFC South this year? Oh, without a doubt, it's the Colts. And obviously, Phillip Rivers being there is going to help the vertical pass the game. I just wonder how the turnovers are going to work. But I think the bigger picture for the Colts is DeForest Buckner. They finally got that three-tech in that defense. When you have a guy like Darius Leonard, you know, <laughs> behind DeForest Buckner, that's going to be be good things. And then behind that, you got Malik Hooker too. So right up the middle, they're really strong. So I, I say the Colts, they're going to be the team – that will challenge the Titans the most, but you always have the, the health issue with T.Y. Hilton, their best offensive threat. Yeah, totally. And for the first time in a long time, Phillip Rivers is going to have a real offensive line in front of him. And I want to see how he does there now with his new team. Number three, I count so many underrated players on this Titans team. Who would you say is the one guy that doesn't get the national recognition he deserves from this Titans team? Oh, without a doubt, it's Daquan Jones. I think Daquan Jones is one of the best garbage men defensive linemen in the league. All of the dirty work that has to be done, he does it. You see him occupying double teams. You see him collapsing the pocket from the interior when he's in on pass rushing opportunities. But then you see him just causing total rush hour traffic uh, up front there against the run. So Daquan Jones... I think he's a severely underrated player. And these last couple of years, last year especially, he played awesome football. Yeah, for sure. Daquan Jones is for sure one. Kevin Bayard, he got paid last year. Still doesn't get the national recognition that he deserved as one of the best safeties in all of football. Jayon Brown, one of the one of the great linebackers in football, doesn't get any respect at all. The entire Titans team doesn't get it, and um, we'll see if that changes this year. Number four, which player on this team has the most to prove in 2020? Uh, that's a tough one. I want to say Corey Davis, but you know what? If 
if Derrick Henry doesn't get a long-term deal, I think he has the most to prove mm -hmm. because it's very unfortunate a guy could lead the league in rushing and account for 69%. 69% of the Titans' offense mm -hmm. going into that AFC championship game was Derrick Henry. And to do all that and not get a long-term deal, I feel like you, you have a chip on your shoulder and you have a lot to prove as to why you should have gotten it. So I think Derrick Henry – and then the other thing with Derrick Henry is people knock him for his pass-catching ability, and that's something that I think he could prove that he could be a, a three-down back. So Derrick Henry's my pick there. Yep, and as we said before, the Titans and Henry have until Wednesday at 4 Eastern to try to figure this out or else he will play this season on the franchise tag. Last one here for you, Tehran. I asked this question to most reporters who come on this podcast because I'm always getting DMs about this, but I feel like it's a better question for you guys. So one of the things I've realized with this podcast is that a lot of my listeners are young listeners who want to be involved in sports. What would be one piece of advice that you would give them? I think it would be just fall in love with the process and be willing to immerse yourself as much as possible into football, you know, film, talking it, record everything. I, I think make yourself a triple threat as far as digital, audio, and, and video. And then also just find your niche. Find something that's unique about you that you could utilize to make people want to read your work as opposed to others. Definitely. And as I said, I've asked this question to Mike Reese, Adam Schefter, Cameron Wolf, Matt Mayoko, and now to you as well. A lot of great advice from all of you. People can go check it out in previous episodes. Tehran, I really appreciate the time and insight today. Once again, people can go and check out your podcast. It is the Talking with TD podcast. Go check that out. Tehran, thanks for coming on. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Special thanks to Teron Davenport for coming on the podcast this week. Make sure to also give him a follow on Twitter. It is at tdavenport underscore NFL. As I said in the intro of this podcast, things are happening in the NFL. We are now in crunch time. It is time for the league and the union to figure this out and to have some agreements in place. And there is going to be a flurry of things going down very soon. Make sure you're not only following the My Sports Update Twitter page, but you also have notifications on so you don't miss anything that goes on in the National Football League. That does it here for this week's My Sports Update Football Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast if you have not done so yet. By you doing that, other football fans just like you will be able to find this podcast and enjoy it as well. I am your host, Ari Merov. I'll be back for another episode next week with another special guest. Until then, so long, stay safe, and I'll talk to you all next week.